Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of TN Sports Chat. I'm Patrick Matsinko, and you might remember this guy, long time no see, Justin Carlucci, joining me for a very special edition. This will be our uh, season preview. Um, we are, it's here. It's This is the start of the high school football season. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, I can't believe it's here already, man. That offseason went in the blink of an eye. So uh, the, the last season was a distant memory. And, you know, a couple games just stand out in your mind. And uh, a lot of seniors have moved on and graduated. But there's a lot of great talent left uh, in our, our Times News coverage area. Colonial League, Schuylkill League, EPC. Uh, we're one week away from kickoff. I can't believe it, Pat. Uh, I mean, August 24th. It's kind of a date that we've had circled on uh, the proverbial calendar for a little while. Uh, it's a very early start to the season this year. We'll have two games in by the end of August. We'll have six games in by the end of September, uh, which obviously means that uh, the playoffs and the end of the season will be here uh, sooner than ever, really. Right. Uh, but uh, thinking back to last year, obviously we had – a Lehighton team that, again, coming into the season maybe didn't know. Uh, a lot of unknowns. Uh, you know, coming in, not not sure what to expect. But uh, Indians ran the table, undefeated regular season. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of close games, obviously, along the way. But uh, made it to a District 11 Class 3A championship game against a really, really stout Palisades team that played pretty much locked down defense the entire season, but Lehighton was able to score points, and that district title game was close, back and forth. Uh, Cody Shearer, Taquan Bradley Chambers, I mean, those were some of their stars throughout the season, and those guys showed up huge last year in that game. Obviously, Taquan Bradley Chambers, gone. Cody Shear gone. Uh, Indians are going to have big shoes to fill coming into this season. But Tom McCarroll has been able to get these guys ready, uh, seems like, every single year. You know, Patrick, that was a special team. And I think some of that energy is going to trickle over to some of the underclassmen that are now going to have to step up for Tom McCarroll and that team. You look at uh, Taquan Bradley Chambers, and uh, in my, what, six and a half years I've been here, that was probably one of the top five rushing you know, best rushing seasons that I've ever witnessed. He was a special player, as was Cody Share. I mean, you look at a warrior on both sides of the ball, Cody Share. You know, if he, you know, amazing offensive upside. And if he'd make a turnover, he'd make it back up on defense, which is exactly what he did uh, in that championship game against Palisades. You, you can't ever count Lee Heighton now. Last season, that was the name of the game. That championship game, as soon as it looks like Palisades was going to slam the door, Lee Heighton oh, yeah. clawed their way back. And that's that's the, the memory that I have engraved in my brain. And, uh, you know, I, I that's the exact kind of football that Coach McCarroll and that staff kind of preaches. Um, you know, a, a, since we're on that subject, he's going to be without one of his assistant coaches this year. You know, want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, Matt Kishulik, obviously a guy who's kind of manned, uh, you know, a lot of the defensive responsibilities for the Indians uh, on Tom McCarroll's staff. He gets a huge opportunity this season at Pleasant Valley. Um, now, Pleasant Valley is a program that's had, you know, Jim Terwilliger, Dave Pacchioni, Mark Versick. Yeah. Those were all guys that also, though, were within the system. And now you get a guy like a Makashulik, comes from a different kind of background. You know, he hasn't been an assistant there. He he hasn't been on anybody's staff. So I think he's going to bring them a very different look. It's good. The, the Bears are going to have a different feel this season. Um, a lot to replace, obviously. Brandon Keyes, we had... 
huge expectations for coming into last season after he had a record-breaking junior year. Um, you know, he got hurt midway through the year, but Aiden McHugh still kind of lit up the stat sheet in only half a season. He is gone this year, so they're going to have to find a quarterback, and they're going to have to also replace several playmakers, including Michael Brown, who was our wide receiver of the year and had really a remarkable year. Um, I know he played through an injury. Um, the Bears had some struggles last year, but uh, they had a ton of talent, and you know now Makashul is definitely going to be looking to kind of you know fill those shoes and replace those guys. Uh, maybe. You see, maybe they'll take some lumps early in the season, but uh, kind of try to find their footing midway and then obviously for the second half of the year. So. Right, right. And just going back to Lee Heighton, a team that's going to have to uh, find some leadership quickly. I, th I think I just counted nine seniors that they have, uh, give or take. I might have missed one or two on this roster. And uh, you're going to have some guys obviously have to step up in some important skill positions. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see Chris Whiteman at quarterback, at quarterback yeah, this year. Who was our defensive – I mean, he was our defensive back of the year last year. Uh, played in a lot of big games on defense. Uh, I know Tom McCarroll touted him as uh, just a hard worker, high football IQ, a kid that uh, – you know, has been in the program again. Obviously, taken a lot of significant significant snaps, and uh, is going to be, I think, maybe able to surprise some people. Yeah. I know, you know, last year maybe they not Lehigh not only I don't know surprised people, they kind of shocked some people. And I don't know. I think maybe this Indians team has a chance to do that again with Chris Whiteman at the helm. So yeah, and you got Zach Crum coming back, who made some incredible plays on both sides of the Huge football, playmaker. especially uh, in the secondary, um, where which is. He's going to be paired alongside with Chris Whiteman on the other side. So the Indians have a nice secondary, that's for sure. And, you know, you're talking about Pleasant Valley. I guess we could just jump over there. And, you know, the Lee Heighton, an explosive offensive team the last couple of years. I mean, you go back a couple of years when they had uh, Wyatt Clements and, oh, and, yeah, and Tyler, Tyler Can. And, yeah. You know, they averaged 450 yards of offense uh, last year. So I'm really intrigued to see if, if we see uh, new head coach Matt Kishula take some of these, I guess, Tom McCarroll principles and Lee yeah. Heighton philosophies over to Pleasant Valley, who is known to be – uh, an offensive powerhouse themselves the last couple of years, and you need to score points to contend in the EPC. And that's the thing. I mean, even in the last couple of years, whether it's under Dave Pacchione, Jim Terwilliger, Mark Versick, Pleasant Valley has always seemed to be able to put up those points, but all those games are they're almost always shootouts. You know what I mean? It's Definitely. it's a 40 to 30 type game. And and I know that probably better than anybody because I have to cover a lot of them. So they're <laughs> they're late to end and um, you know, they they kind of go on for a while, but it's just a back and forth, but it's fun. It's just a different brand, a different style of football from the Schuylkill League or even a lot of maybe what you see with a lot of Colonial League teams. It's just a very different brand and style of football that they play in the EPC. So, um, but defense wins championships. I mean, and thinking about defense maybe look, look at Jim Thorpe um you know Jim Thorpe's a team that uh has had a stellar defense obviously kind of a, to hallmark for that program with the Red Swarm uh and they lived up to the billing last year uh 10 and 2 only lost to Lee Heighton twice led the area in defense led the area in takeaways uh this is a team that hangs its hat on a physical style of defense um Maybe some teams play a little more finesse. The Olympians, they like to crack you. You know, they like to come out and they like to put a helmet, you know, hat on a hat. You know, they like to come out, have 11 guys fly into the ball. And that's the kind of style that Mark Rosenberger and his staff love. Uh, you know, they love to see the kids play and the kids embrace it. You know, I talked to Dylan Daly. I talked to Ethan Mordaunt. Austin Williams, Will Munson, you know, Colin Jacobs, all these kids, they love it. They love playing defense before offense. And I think this is something that uh, 
it just fits with what that program does. And that's just how they play. And they thrive playing that style of football. Yeah, you want, you look at a team whose blueprint uh, is think fast and react. That's the Red Swarm defense. And that's how they play uh, for as long as I can remember. And that defense was, was something special oh, yeah. uh, last year. I specifically remember covering the Blue Mountain game last year. And the way they just handled Blue Mountain uh, was just uh, – was was – a statement. That, yeah. that was a statement game. And also on the same token, you look at the the four times he was leading rushers from last season, they're all gone. Taquan Chambers, Cody Scher, uh, Justin St. Hill of Jim Thorpe, uh, and Nick Briner, who's coming back for like his 17th year of football, I feel like, Nick. So he's finally it's seen It's crazy. Right? Yeah. I mean, and he's been so huge for that Tamaqua team. And you think about all the guys that they have in addition to Nick Briner, you have Braden Knobloch, a quarterback. I mean, he split time last year with Dad Zuber in that system that they had with head coach Sam Bonner. He's back. Um, then you have, obviously, Nate Boyle. Um, and then you have, you know, Jake right. Barron. You have Matt Kistler. Oh, yeah. They lose Casey Rother, uh, who was a big receiving threat for them. But, I mean, they are loaded. And then you think about the line. You got Amadea back. I mean, yeah, this is... This is a team that looks like it's got all the pieces in place to take that next step up. Uh, I know qualified for districts last year, lost to Jim Thorpe, but if there's a team that you're looking for that's kind of, I don't want to say the sexy pick, but you look at the guys that they have back in all these different skill positions, Tamaqua looks as well-positioned as anybody to take another step forward this season. And the other thing, too, with Lee Heighton, Lee Heighton goes up to 4A this Ooh. year, which... I mean, you still have to play the games and all of that, but obviously Lee Heighton going out of 3A, um, certainly it's going to change some things once we hit once we hit the postseason. So, um, But, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see what Tamaqua does this year. Talk about making the next step and just kind of bouncing back to Jim Thorpe. You look at the next two leading rushers in the Times News area uh, in terms of yardage is Seth Pollock uh, and C.J. Selby of Jim Thorpe. Uh, Selby didn't even crack 100 carries. Uh, and he was top 10 in the Times News area in rushing. It you know, averaged almost seven and a half yards of carry. So I'm really excited Huge, to, to see play CJ sell oh carry God. the football. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy that, too, with uh, thinking about Jim Thorpe, you know, on both sides of the ball, uh, Nate Roshak is back. Obviously, they lose, like you said, Justin St. Hill and Nick right. Roshak at quarterback and Lucas Boyle, who was their center. So it's kind of like the whole middle of that offense is gone. But Nate Roshak is back uh, and Kendall Heron as well. Um, I mean, they have – a bunch of guys there that uh, that look like they're going to be kind of moving into some different roles this year, um, maybe increased roles, I guess. And uh, yeah, so it should be it should be interesting, you know, just to kind of think about what uh, what they're capable of with these guys back. And and you don't really know until until the games get going. But you think kind of coming off of last year, like you said, with uh, C.J. Selby, you saw mm-hmm. what he did with a small sample size. Um, now let's kind of see. What he does when he takes on, you know, an even bigger role this year. You so. talk about a bell cow running back, if you will, you know, term you hear in fantasy football. But <laughs> only two times news players cracked 200 carries last year. And, in fact, it was by a wide margin. Uh, Taquan Bradley Chambers and St. Hill both had 240-plus carries. No other times news rusher even had 200 carries. So big difference. And, uh, you know, Selby's going to have uh, some big shoes to fill. And I'm curious to see who else we're going to see in that backfield there. And like you said, Tamaqua, you know, the skill players. Uh, Nate Boyle. Uh, you talk to Coach Sam Bonner, anybody on that staff, and he plays 
all three phases. He plays special teams as hard as he plays offense and defense. A kid has such quick feet. Yeah. Unbelievable. So I'm really, like you said, looking for them to take the next step. And with Tamaqua, you know, they were only plus two in the plus minus turnover margin. So they got to take care of the football. Interesting. Yeah. Just kind of looking at that the other day and didn't realize Jim Thorpe was plus 16, I believe. <laughs> that won you a lot of ball games, man. No. I mean, that's like, that's, that's crazy. You know, you look at even the gap from first to second in turnover margin just in the area. Um, they fly to the ball. And obviously, um, you know, we talked about that defense. Just that's such a huge, huge, huge positive in the oh, turnover yeah. margin. And um, it obviously goes a long way toward winning football games um, and giving yourself a, posi- a chance to win football games. Um, another team, thinking about Seth Pollock that you had mentioned, um, mm-hmm. back for another year. What are your thoughts on Marion this season? I mean, you have quarterback Mason Miller back. He was lost week two last year against Jim Thorpe. A lot of guys had to shuffle around, moving to different positions. Keith McCall kind of came from a split-end wide receiver position, went under center, played quarterback, uh, you know, shifted a lot of guys around. They lose, you know, Max Nolter, Zach Falls, who was an all-state right. football player. Right. Um, you know, but now obviously you have guys back in kind of, I don't know, I guess maybe – more traditional spots for them where they're maybe more accustomed to playing. That's a big thing. I had a chance to catch up with Coach Morgans earlier in the week, um, putting together their football preview, and you hit a lot of things on the head right there. Uh, Keith McCall is going to go back to wide receiver, and I had a chance to talk to him throughout the offseason. He said, that's my wheelhouse, man. He's like, I'm a receiver. I've played yeah. receiver my whole life. Uh, and Mason Miller's a kid who, you know, Max Preps has him listed at 230, 240 pounds. He's big a big kid, kid who can throw big the kid. rock. Um, not only that, they got a transfer student in from Mahanoy area named Dakota Streisel. So, uh, and he's going to play some quarterback as well. And uh, Coach Morgan said it might not be like a Tamaqua, uh, Knobloch, Zuber situation like last year, but uh, Dakota Streisel is a kid that uh, brings another dynamic to that team, maybe almost to the effect of maybe a wildcat rusher. So uh, I think I think you can be creative and, and do some really fun things in the backfield with a kid like that and Seth Pollock, who also feels like he's been playing varsity for 15 years. Not going to lie, I was a so. little bit surprised to see him back on the roster. Um, you know, every now and then it feels like you've been covering guys for a couple of years. And uh, I know, obviously, head coach Pat Morgans and that whole staff is super excited to have him back uh, in the backfield. And it's just kind of like a safety blanket, a security blanket, to have a guy that's that experienced and talented, obviously. Right. And not only that, but, you know, Coach Morgan steps in trying to fill the shoes of, of, of Coach Dan DeCosti. If anybody could, I mean, uh, you know, that's that's tough right there to do, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he tries to set up his whole system in a, in a short offseason. And like you said, early in the season, you lose your quarterback, and then you have domino effects. You have different players playing out of position. And as we talked about before, you know, when you learn, a, even if it's a slight, new position at that level you can't play as faster uh, so here we exactly. are here we are in year two uh and you know coach morgan's has all the dominoes knock on wood where they should be sure. for the time being and uh another whole offseason to get everybody on the same page so uh, i'm definitely looking for an improved marion team and uh you know we could talk about week one and, and some matchups uh, when we get through the rest of our teams here and again, just some of these teams, you think about, you know, Marion also that uh, that did qualify for districts last year, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, again, not up. They were sub 500, but, uh, they, you know, they were able to get into the postseason. Um, and other teams, too. You look at uh, look at a Palmerton. I mean, right. that's a Palmerton team that's been in a district championship game two years in a row against Schuylkill Haven, which has established itself with some of those guys as really, I think, 
one yeah. of the best teams in the state. Um, you know, and I know Mark Rosenberger mentioned, you know, obviously it's a tall order to have to open up a season against Google Haven like they have to do um, next Friday night. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, just to be able for Palmerton with, and again, you lose a, a Garrett Pershey, Takoa Gatis comes in. You know, you lose a Mike Stasco. You have, you know, you have Sable. You have Aaron Stasco. You have so many of these guys. Cody Waterhouse, Mike Eckhart, you know, Luke Yandel last year came in at the end of the year and, and played a significant role. Um you know, some of these guys, you lose Jared Mooney, and they've had these guys come in and just fill these roles so, so, so well to keep them and, you know, <clears throat> playing at such a high level. So, Takoa Gatis, who bounced around from Colorado to Northern Lehigh to Palmerton, yeah. uh, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks we've seen in the last couple of years. So, so who's going to step it up now for Palmerton is the question. And I think it's an open competition right now where you have a couple of guys, head coach Chris Wachowiak, you know, they, they're looking at a couple of guys and, you know, he's kind of playing that one, you know, he's not really maybe showing that hand yet. Um, we'll see come Friday night in the opener against Palisades. Um, they have a really tough schedule to open the season. But, um, yeah, now it's a matter of who fills those shoes. Do You don't fill one person maybe really can't right. fill those shoes because what Tacoa Gatis did last year uh, was remarkable. I mean, you don't just – and even to think about losing a Garrett Percy who was so big and then you have Gatis come in did maybe even more than anybody could have expected. Two things. One, I think you're going to see a lot of Nelson this year yeah. all over the field for the Palmer and Blue Jordan Bombers. Nelson, huge. I mean, obviously coming off of a great track season, um, super, super talented. Um, he could be, um, I think, maybe a bit of an X factor oh, there yeah. for the Bombers this year. And two, uh, this killed Palmer in the in the district championship game against Schuylkill Haven. Turnovers. Palmer had such a such a great season. They were minus seven, uh, which is good for uh, second worst in the Times News area. So, uh, you know, honestly, you take care of the football, which is you talk to anybody in the area in the game of high school football across the country. It sounds dumb. It sounds cliche. But whoever takes care of the football the best, you want to be in that position when the game's on the line in the fourth quarter. Absolutely, yeah. Um, if you're giving the ball away, um, it's just, you know, you're digging that hole that much deeper. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, you're only making it harder to come back. And especially when you're playing a team like a Haven in a district championship game that runs the ball, that yeah. runs the ball. They can chew the clock. Um, you know, they can keep the other offense off the field. So um, the more chances you give them, it's just the harder that you make it for yourself. But I, I love the program that Chris Wachowiak runs over there. Uh, a little bit of momentum, momentum, momentum last year when they opened up the brand new field and everything, which kind of brought, Very nice brought everybody together. Uh, so you look at a team that has a next man up attitude, like you said, you know, from the Pershings to the Gatis to the so on and so forth. Uh, it doesn't matter. Everybody there seems to put the helmet on and play their part. And, you know, uh, I think expectations should still be should be high for Palmerton this year. And I'm, you know, you see, you think about the Colonial League, and you have your Palisades, your Notre Dames, your Southern Lehigh's, your Saucon Valleys. But then don't forget about Palmerton and Northwestern. You oh, know, yeah. where you have Josh Snyder, who's done a really, really incredible job with that program, and you have Devin Ballinger. Um, you know, we talk about guys that feel like they've kind of been around <laughs> for a few years. Absolutely. But um, but he's been huge playing quarterback for for the Tigers for the last two years. Um, they lose some playmakers. But uh, that's a team that you know is going to be ready to go once the season starts. Um, he's now entering year three as starting quarterback. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Northwestern can do this year in the Colonial League. They battled some injuries last year. They had some guys that missed some time right. early on, um, kind of got them back in the second half of the year later on. And 
seem to be clicking a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how things shake out for Northwestern this season. Bonger, fourth in the Times News area in passing yards last year. And I think in Northwestern, the last couple of years, and they lost some pieces with Caleb Clymer. Oh, which, and, I mean, and players like that. Huge. And on both sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball. But I just I, I just think in Northwestern, and you say, how can you describe a football team and how you describe, you know, what Josh Snyder does there with that club? And they just grind. They just grind. Doesn't yeah. matter who they play. Uh, they're always sneaky. They're always in there. I mean, on, on years like like last year, they, they could be sneaky. For example, you know, they're they're a tough out. Any, oh my god! Any Friday, any Saturday, it doesn't matter. So, like you said, uh, Devin Ballinger, a nice pocket passer, big kid. Um, you know, he's got to feel pretty good going into the season with a kid like that behind center and all that experience in this system. And I feel like you know, just thinking about how we do like grid picks every week. Um, no matter who you see Northwestern playing, you always have that sort of... Yeah, every it's week. It's hard to pick against and say, ah... Uh, like you can always make a case for that yeah. Josh Schneider football team. Yeah. The day of the week. Um, and, you know, you think about that with just, just a well-coached team. Uh, they're always ready to go. And, you know, even if they do have some guys out for whatever reason, you know, they lose some guys... Um, you just expect that they're always going to be in it. They're going to have a chance to win. Um, but, yeah, and another team, too, is thinking about Joe Tal and Northern Lehigh. Yeah. Winless last season. Mm -hmm. uh, they lose, you know, thinking about uh, a Mason Siler who mm -hmm. was so big for them, you know, in the backfield. Um, he did stuff on special teams for them as well. Um, they lose him. But uh, I think this is a team that, again, you think about just giving a team a chance to win a game. Um Joe Talent, that staff, you know, they do that, you know, every week they have those kids prepared and in a position where they can they can win the game. I know last year 0-10 obviously isn't, you know, isn't the type of season that you're hoping for, um, but it's certainly something that I always feel like with Joe Tao and what they do there with that program, um, they're going to give those kids a chance, you know. Um, they're going to have to, you know, have some shoes to fill, obviously, mm -hmm. coming back this year, but... Uh, but you just kind of always side with uh, with Joe Talbot and what they're able to do with those games. You know, they had a lot of games last year where they they probably won two and a half, three quarters, but couldn't just play the, the complete the game. The game, I'm thinking about, where that game. was in the fourth quarter. You know, I mean, some of those games mm -hmm. came down to the very end, and even some of the other games that maybe didn't come down to the right. very end, they were they were in it, and they had a, so many close games. Um, and they just, you know, the ball doesn't bounce their way. Um, you, but you look at you look at taking care of the football. They're only you know they're zero and ten. They're only minus two in the plus minus. I know I keep talking about plus minus, but it's really you know usually telling of how quality a football team is. In some cases, some cases it's not. I mean, look at Pomerden. Uh, you know they were able to turn the ball or make up so much ground because they could score at will. But Northern Lehigh, they took care of the ball, and that's important. And the other thing too is uh, look at you know penalties. Northern Lehigh was one of the least penalized right. teams last year. So Absolutely. again, you think about that discipline. Um, you know this. I know something that we talked about throughout the season last year, where even if Northern Lehigh was struggling on the scoreboard, you know they were still yeah. doing those things right. You know those are obviously huge for any football program. So and they have some players who did some really nice things. Justin Paul, really nice yeah. running back, a lot of talent out of the backfield there. Yeah, and I mean you just think about obviously again. Thinking about a Mason Siler, um, who just did so, so much for them. And now, again, you're going to have guys that uh, are going to kind of shift around. They're going to take on a bit of a different role, um, you know, maybe see more playing time. So 
so we'll see. Um, and we'll see, uh, you know, just obviously how things kind of, how they're able to move some guys, kind of really excel. Um, you know, they thrive in different environments. So um, so we'll see how things kind of play out this year for Northern Lehigh. You know, last but not least, we got Panther Valley coming in, Times News, and, uh, you know, Scott Price, another, another year in the system for a lot of young players there. So, you know, talk about what you think about the Panther Valley football team. Got Ethan Ray's uh, likely behind center this year. And I think what's going to be huge for him and for the program is just the playing time that he saw in the second half of last year where he got in on, you know, got a significant amount of playing time, saw a lot of action. Yeah. Uh, it's going to help him tremendously. And I know he said that, Scott Price said that. Just to not be coming in cold this year, you know, and not to be kind of thrown into the fire. He knows it's his team, um, and I think he's maybe become a more vocal leader. Um, he's really kind of taken the reins coming into this year, uh, whether it's through off-season workouts, uh, you know, now and obviously coming in through preseason camps. Um, I think he's ready for this role, and he's ready to be in this position. Uh, and I know Scott Price has really touted a lot of the work they've done with various seven-on-seven camps. Um, you know that they're ready to go, and they're just they're just kind of tweaking and refining some things. You know, they're not installing anything. You know, with these in these preseason camp right. weeks. You know, it's just like okay, these guys have been in the system. They know what's going on. They're ready to go. You know, they're ready to see live game action. And now it's kind of hopefully kind of reap the benefits of all the work they've put in throughout the offseason and all the time that they've put in. So um, I think the staff and I think the players are ready ready to roll and ready for week one. And, and that's big. You know, the faster you play, you're going to see the results on the scoreboard. And you look at Rini Figueroa coming back, uh, senior. What a dynamo he is. Uh, I mean, you know, if he could put a full season together out there for the Panthers, uh, kids got all the talent in the world. Uh, they did lose a receiver, though, who transferred, I believe. Yes, uh, Derek Beckham. Now, now Jim Thorpe, Jim Thorpe obviously yep. was huge for Panther Valley, um, huge playmaker. Now he's going to be a huge asset for Jim Thorpe. Uh, tough, obviously, anytime you lose a player of that skill and that caliber. But um, I think, though, that these guys at Panther Valley, they just seem like they've really embraced what Scott Price is doing, you know, where the program is, and they're excited. I think that there's, there's, I don't know, there's just a buzz kind of, they're ready to kind of bring it back. Um, and I feel like, you know, that they've just put that time in and uh, they're ready to roll, you know. But so. they did get two incoming transfers on the offensive line, which, you know, Coach Price said that it should you know, give them a little bit of a boost. Chris Hoover and Sean Hetrick will uh, give them some depth and, and, and some experience up front there for the Panthers' offensive line. And depth is so huge. I mean, we talked about that with Panther Valley, we talk, or with Marion. We've talked about that with all of these teams. When you have oh, yeah. a player go down, it just it doesn't matter if you're 6A, 1A, 2A. Anytime you lose a player, whether it's a skill player, a line, you know, alignment, it doesn't matter. It just, it can be crippling for any program. Um, so any kind of added depth is massive for for every team in the area. Um, and I was just going to point out, you know, one of the last things here, Schuylkill League Media Day was recently and the polls came out. You know, I don't know if you guys talked about this recently, but, you know, Jim Thorpe, 10 first place votes for Division One in the uh, media poll. Um and North Schuylkill was the uh, first place winner uh, for the coaches poll. Uh, however, you know Jim Thorpe, Tamaqua, and North Schuylkill are both top three in Division One uh, in both polls. So, uh, you know that's kind of what the media and the coaches are thinking. And you know I know I talked to head coach uh, Mark Rosenberger just just a few days ago. Thinks North Schuylkill's loaded. You know that's obviously not a surprise to see North Schuylkill in that kind of position heading into the season. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked a lot about Jim Thorpe. 
obviously it's a team in our area. We kind of know what they have coming back. Um, we think there's certainly a lot of buzz, you know, around the Olympians this season. And, you know, obviously it's justifiable, you know, understandably slow with you look at, you know, the guys they have back both sides of the ball. But, um, but again, look at last year, Lee Heighton picked last media coaches poll. Um, and again, Indians run the table. Kind of shocked the world in a lot of ways. So I think, I think the tribe used that as a little motivation, maybe hanging up in the locker room there throughout the course of the nice year. Some nice bulletin board material. <laughs> um, and I don't know that maybe they mind even being in that kind of position. Obviously, you know, Tom McCarroll, they want that staff wants the program to get the respect it deserves, um, which obviously it certainly, um, you know, has earned um, with some really stellar play over, you know, throughout his tenure and over the last couple of years. But. Hey, um, if that's something that you can kind of turn in, you know, make a negative a positive in some ways, then yeah, I mean, go ahead, plaster that all over the locker room and make it bulletin board material and, uh, and we'll see what happens, you know, after 10 weeks of football. So, you know, you just looks like, you look like the racing fan. You're here with your, <laughs> your Penske racing hat and your Budweiser racing, you know, yeah. classic racetrack white t-shirt and... I just know we got the best NASCAR beat guy. I don't want to go too off on a tangent, but but I mean, hey, it's uh, it's a it's a Friday. We're uh, very very casual Friday. Um, I'm overdressed today, man. <laughs> apparently, put on a polo shirt for the first time in my life. So I just wanted that. to keep you on your toes. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, IndyCar is at Pocono this weekend. So big weekend. I'm just saying, you know, if you have any, I don't know. If you don't have any plans, maybe oh, you should I, go. I, I have plans. Oh, all right. Plenty of plans. Um, but so I'm just saying, out. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I'm also just throwing it out there. If you have any any vintage racing stuff that you'd like to send my way, I'm I'm more than happy to wear it. Or if anybody in the viewing area has any vintage racing gear, they can donate to Patrick Matsinko. Pmatsinko at tnonline.com. He'd love to hear from you. Maybe he'll pick your shirt and wear it on the next episode. Just saying. You never know. But also, our Times News football preview tab is running uh, next Monday and Tuesday, which uh, which would be, what's today's date? What is today's date? Today, I believe, is the 17th. Yeah, the 17th. So next You're week. You're keeping me on my toes here. Now I have to figure out days. Hey, I'm good for something. I mean, and Days and nights are tough here, you know, when you're one of the people running the whole rodeo here. It's tough, man. I know Crazy. the feeling. Crazy. Crazy. Now I'm just one of the part-time guys. You have no idea how disappointing that is to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but. that comes out. And another thing I wanted to bring up is we're going to start doing some podcasts uh, for the Times News. I'm going to do two podcasts every week. One's going to be general NFL talk, and the other one's going to be uh, focused on fantasy football. Um, I, know, I have a lot of experience in the fantasy football field. I know a lot of people in that the industry. I'm going to have some is good in guests. Your wheelhouse. And Patrick's hopefully going to jump on with me from time to time. So I'm looking forward to bringing some of that to the table, too. It's the least I could do for the Times and the Sports Which Department. Which I think is going to be pretty cool because there's always something going on. Like we talked about, you know, none of those, I don't think any of those things are really going to overlap. You have so much fantasy content, you have so much just regular, general. NFL, you know, things, just things to discuss. Um, obviously, with the way the Eagles season went last year, I'm sure people are jacked up for the year, even though the yeah. Patriots handed it to them last night. Which, Doesn't matter, man. Um, just preseason. Out there. preseason. Just now, you talk about the tribe getting picked for the bottom of the coaches' poll. What were the Vegas odds on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl last year? Not good before with the season started. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. I mean, hey, that guy. That guy. 
Um, but we'll see. I mean, Nick suffered mm, minor injury. Might see Nate Studfield week one. Don't hit the panic button yet. Nate Studfield. But we'll keep the uh, NFL talk. Hey, they signed Hackenberg related. too, which, you know. Well, you know, his, first, thing. his first two throws in, in practice were picked off. So, it's a thing, though. I mean, not the ideal start between that and not, camp arm. not breaking the huddle right last year for the Jets. Yeah. Just a well, t- hey. tough run. You got to, uh, you know, you got to start somewhere. Keep grinding, man. Yeah. Listen, that's all I got for you for now, man. So you got anything else for the, no, for the listeners out there? I think we're good. Um, thanks so much for joining us. You got it. Me on this very special edition of TN Sports Chat, which uh, two episodes this week. So that's kind of, we've hit our quota. Hey, um, you know how to reach me. I'll be around every now and then. Yeah, Glad and you'll be doing down. more for us throughout the fall, hopefully, with a little more football stuff, I'm hoping. Don't hold we'll your breath. Deep, yeah, all right, but um, yeah, so we'll definitely have plenty more content coming your way in the next couple of weeks, obviously, with uh, everything getting getting underway, which is exciting and terrifying at the same time. So um, yeah, but that's all we have for right now. So for Justin Carlucci... I'm Patrick Matsinko. Thank you very much for tuning in to TN Sports Chat presented by Lehigh Valley Health Network.